Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so how's your summer going? My summer is going great, although it's already August, so I feel like it's almost over. Yeah, 2020 has been <laughs> such a roller coaster, but, you know, weather's good. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're surviving everything. Well, how, we're, how is your summer going? Well, it was a rhetorical question because I know exactly how your summer's been uh, because mine has been pretty much the same as yours. So, you know, I can't complain, uh, but you're right. It is going by way too fast. I uh, can't believe it's already August, um, but you know, we still have a couple of months of nice weather before the rain comes. So, uh, and even then here in Washington, it's still really beautiful. Oh yeah. 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 It's not, uh, you know, the, the rain isn't as bad as it sounds. I'll take the rain over the snow any day. Uh, I'll take the rain over the cold, you know, any day, you know, we still get out and we still get, you know, do a lot of hiking and still even in the wintertime, spend a lot of time outdoors. So and that, that makes it fun. Uh, so on this one, we're going to do a question that just came in, uh, one of the comments on the website, uh, as I thought this would be, uh, kind of an interesting one. Um, and, you know, one of these kind of secondary, um, you know, very, you know, female specific problems that tend to come up from time to time, actually quite frequently, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and read the question. So this is from Mary. Um, says, hi, I just started estriol cream a couple of weeks ago. I am 53 years old and have been told I have PCOS for the past 20 years with a history of absent periods, heavy facial hair growth and moodiness and PMS. I've managed my PCOS through diet change, supplementation, and exercise, and I'm told I'm quite healthy. I began taking the estriol cream for bladder urgency and frequency and for the mucous membrane support for vaginal dryness. Sex had become very painful. I'm experiencing some really wonderful positive benefits from the estriol, and in some ways, I realize I've probably been short of this for many, many years, likely due to my malfunctioning of my ovaries with the PCOS. The skin over my shin bones has always been flaky no matter how much I moisturize. Now is soft, smooth, and supple for the first time in many years. The skin on my elbows, knees, and heels is softening, and it seems to have helped my skin tremendously. Even my facial hair is coming in much lighter. It seems to be reducing my belly fat in some ways. It's kind of a miracle, and I wish I had known about this years ago. The possible deal breaker here is that I have become so painfully constipated over the past few weeks. And the estriol cream is the only thing that has changed. I also take a bioidentical progesterone in a trochee form, which I've been taking for about 10 years without a problem. The estriol is the only thing that has changed. The only time I can remember being this consistently constipated over a long period of time was during my two pregnancies. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, so this one, uh, you know, again... Uh, women being constipated, of course, is a very, a very common problem. Um, but the fact that she added the estriol in and then it, you know, kind of started af after that is a little bit uh, not typical, you know, for the most part. We would expect her to be constipated before the estriol and or the progesterone and the bioidentical hormones actually helping that situation. So I thought this would be an interesting one for us to kind of, uh, you know, kind of hash it out a little bit. 
Yeah. And we're all, you know, unique individuals. So what might work for somebody or somebody might have a different symptom compared to the person next to you. Everybody's different, but like Dr. Mackey said, and I can even attest for myself, hopefully this isn't too much TMI, but constipation is really common in females. I mean, that's like, I don't know if it's so common in males. Like I always laugh with my female patients saying, you know, men can go to sleep, men can go to the bathroom and men can lose weight very easily. We're we're us ladies. We have a tendency to go the other way on that. But I'll just say, you know, just from personal history with constipation, that's not fun, but she's having so many positive benefits from this estriol that really in terms of constipation, we could probably find some other resource to help her with that while she can still, you know, continue to use the estriol. Yeah, right. Well, it brings up a couple of things. She mentions that she was really constipated during her pregnancies. Uh, so, of course, when you know, as we all know, when a woman's pregnant, her hormone levels are just through the roof. Lots of estrogen, lots of progesterone. So it makes sense, uh, not only from a, the hormonal change of pregnancy, but also the you know, there's a lack of space, especially as the, you know, as the growing baby is getting bigger, uh, you know, there becomes a space issue. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm obviously I've never had any children myself, but uh, we've talked to a lot of patients, uh, you know, and they've all kind of talked about, you know, constipation, you know, when you're pregnant, it's kind of par for the course. Uh, but the fact that she's a- added in the estriol and now that constipation is coming back, uh, it makes me think about liver function. Like, you know, what's going on with her liver and why, you know, granted, there's probably some bowel changes from adding in that estriol, but it makes me think that actually, uh, and she doesn't say what the dosage is. I'd be really curious to know what the dosage is that a lot of times, even though you add it in thinking that it made it worse, uh, it's just an indication that she needs more of it to actually help to kind of alleviate some of that. But like you said, there's some other, you know, tips and tricks you can do to, you know, curb the constipation in the meantime. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes, you know, estrogen's a an amazing hormone, the best hormone in the whole world. And there's three different estrogens, the estrone, E1, estradiol, E2, and then estriol, which we're talking about here, E3. And it's very gentle and So she may be, so what I'm thinking with that estriol, it really doesn't sound like a coincidence. If nothing has changed and she's getting this terrible constipation from just adding this in the last few weeks, it's got to have some connection there. So, but it's fun. Like I was saying, estrogen's a little funny is sometimes if you give more, you, the symptoms go away. And then sometimes if you give less, the symptoms go away. Like estrogen has to be right smack in that nice little balance to you, you know, to get the goals that you're looking for, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, if we start, uh, you know, I had a patient last week, I started her on some estrogen cream. And uh, if you, when you get a taste, when the body gets a taste of that estrogen, you know, that's what makes a woman woman, as you say, it's the best hormone, I would beg to differ. I think maybe <laughs> testosterone might be a little better, but I'm, I'm biased in my own way. Uh, but uh, when you when, when the when the, when the body gets a little bit of that that hormone, it wants more of it. So the cells tend to soak it up very rapidly. And now it just kind of asking, you know, your body's asking for more of that hormone. That's why sometimes when you think you should actually cut back because it made something worse, it's actually an indication to lean into that and use more. Um, that's what made me think, that's what it made me think when I read this, uh, read this question that instead of cutting it back or getting rid of it, add a little bit more, uh, try to, uh, you know, palliate that constipation in the short term. We'll talk about some of those uh, ideas here in a minute. Um, but you know, she's 53, she's never used it before. She's had some wonderful benefits. Uh, and for a woman, it's not about using, uh, and this is something that I say all the time. I know you do the same. It's not about using too much. It's making sure, like you just said, making sure that you actually have enough. Uh, and I think that there's, even from a practitioner perspective, there's a lot of fear using estrogen you know, um, because of cancer and everything like that. But, you know, it's, uh, it's not, the estrogen itself is not something to be afraid of. You just have to make sure you have enough of it or to do what you really want it to do. 
Yeah, exactly. To have that balance. And like you had mentioned about the liver, you know, function, I wouldn't say, you know, Mary, you know, obviously is very healthy. She's even been told she's very healthy. She works on her diet and her lifestyle and supplementation. But when you're breaking down estrogen, you know, as you break down any hormone, it turns into different metabolites that it could be that her liver just needs a little help to process these estrogen metabolites that it didn't have to deal with a few weeks ago before she started all this. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I would probably assume as well, too, if, if she was our, you know, and she's not our patient, if she was, uh, we wouldn't probably be talking about her um, because that would, you know, probably not be appropriate necessarily. But the fact that this is just a random question and we're all here for educational purposes, uh, we're just trying to educate, right? We're not giving any medical advice or anything like that. But if she was our patient, uh, we would, you know, like I said, do some palliative things. Certainly there's, everyone knows there's different forms of magnesium you can use, uh, magnesium citrate, magnesium hydroxide. There's a few things you can use to uh, basically create a, you know, kind of an osmotic laxative effect. So osmotic meaning kind of basically water. You bring water into the colon by using some of those minerals. Vitamin C can do the same thing. Uh, and now you kind of hydrate uh, the large intestine and it makes it easier to actually have a bowel movement. You're not, you know, you're not, uh, you know, making it so difficult or you're skipping multiple days in a row. I mean, I've had, I know you have as well, women over the years, and they will sometimes only go to the bathroom like two or two or t- uh, one or two times a week or two or three times a week when literally you're supposed to, you know, go every day if not multiple times a day. That's where I think you said earlier where men and women are completely different. It's very unusual to hear a man that he's constipated, uh, but it's very common to hear that a woman's constipated. And like you said, with that magnesium, I mean, I laugh with patients because I take magnesium every night. Magnesium is literally a girl's best friend. You know, hey, we all like diamonds, but magnesium is a girl's best friend. And like you had said, I th- I like the citrate in, you know, in particular, because I do think that's also a nice additive for bone density, but it does, um, it does help the large intestines pull in that water so the stool becomes... I guess you could say more liquidy or, you know, more fluid bound. So it's easier to come out than, you know, the, the next day so that it's not more, it's not like a stimulant, like some of the, um, you know, like some of the uh, over-the-counter medications for constipation, even some herbs or stimulants, which can cause a lot of cramping and some bloating. But the magnesium, I think, is a nice, really safe alternative. Yeah, some of the, uh, you know, even some of like the colon formulas, you know, some of the detox products, um, they'll put Senna or Cascara Sagrada, which are actual herbal laxatives. Uh, and those things should not be used on an ongoing basis, maybe once in a while, maybe temporarily, but they, if they're in, and most of the time when we look at uh, chronic constipation, it's either a liver issue, right? That's why this, you know, this one kind of brings up liver for me. She added in something different, even though more than likely that estriol dosage is probably just a couple of milligrams. I'm actually surprised that it, you know, that it had such a dramatic impact. But again, that still makes me think about the, you know, liver function in general, um, because she added in this new variable that wasn't there before. Uh, coffee, alcohol, uh, all those things are always putting pressure, you know, daily dietary pressure on the liver, which then can slow down. If you think of the, you know, the digestive tract, mouth to anus is kind of like a conveyor belt. You know, the liver is kind of the rate limiting step. It controls how efficiently that conveyor belt uh, moves. If you put too much pressure on that, on the liver, then that conveyor belt doesn't usually work as efficiently as as it should. And now things get slowed down. And now people, as a result of that, people get constipated. And we're exposed to a lot of stressors in our life, you know, 
fumes, car exhaust. So, you know, working on your liver or doing a nice liver support could, can help anyone. This might be an, you know, a, a good thing to use with women that have constipation when they're taking estrogen or estriol. Yeah, right. Even hemorrhoids. Uh, hemorrhoids is a really common problem. Uh, and there's not really a lot of good treatments for that. But the same thing, if you have hemorrhoids, the, the approach to that, or at least part of the approach is to fix your liver. Uh, now, when I say fix the liver, there's not necessarily a disease there, right? You can do blood work and liver enzymes are normal and all that kind of stuff, at least most of the time. Sometimes it's not. Maybe somebody has some kind of minor liver thing going on, but you help to improve what they call the functional capacity of the liver, making sure all those enzymes that the liver has to deal with and process and hormones and food and all those different things. You're just helping the efficiency of the liver. Um, so now again, that conveyor belt is able to um, you know, work effectively. And if you got hemorrhoids, which people think that hemorrhoids are related to the constipation, but I think the hemorrhoids are, uh, you know, um, are somewhat, you know, a result of the constipation, but you can have hemorrhoids and not be constipated. Um, you know, and you can have, you can be constipated, and not have hemorrhoids. It can kind of go both ways. One doesn't necessarily cause the other, but the liver is uh, a central component of both of those. At least in, at least in my opinion, if you look at the physiology, understand how the physiology works and we're not going to get into that right now, but it's, you know, it certainly uh, plays a role there. And in talking about, um, detoxification, when you're thinking estrogen, estrogen metabolites that doing some DIM or the um, what is it? The three indole carbonyl is a great way to help with estrogen metabolites. And they're all basically derived from cruciferous vegetables. So, you know, that can be another option to help with women that have that constipation from estrogen. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, people automatically, if you go to your doctor because you're constipated, the only thing they tell you is to drink more water and to consume more fiber. Uh, now, if you're already con the water part may be, may be true, right? But all we ever really tell our patients is as long as your urine is clear, right? There's no yellow to it. Maybe the first morning urine is a little yellow. And then as you start drinking water through the rest of the day, then your urine is going to be you know, basically be a clear color that then you know that you're not over you know, you're not uh, dehydrated and you're probably not necessarily overly hydrated. I don't think people have to worry too much about being overly hydrated and, you know, maybe in some circumstance. Um, but the fiber component, you know, you start using, uh, you know, psyllium husk, which is what most fiber products are. If you're already constipated, that usually just makes it worse. You want to be a little careful with that, consuming all that fiber, you know, um, you know, because it just kind of, you want things to be moving before you add all that fiber in, except maybe some gentle plant fibers, like some cooked vegetables or uh, figs or, you know, dates, you know, things like that, but not, you know, that the psyllium husk, you know, can get you know, pretty, uh, you know, it can be like a big lob of, you know, it just doesn't work very well. It doesn't have that kind of um, cleansing process. It can just kind of, you know, make things more backed up than you really want them to be. So like we had mentioned about the magnesium, so that's bringing the water into the large intestines. A lot of doctors will recommend trying to almost in some ways make the stool a little bit greasy. So I, I, I say, Hey, take some coconut oil in the morning. Sometimes that can be enough to kind of get a little bit more of that kind of that greasiness to the, hope oh, that's not a weird way of saying it, but for the stool, cause a, a lot of um, doctors will recommend Miralax, which you don't want to take a bunch of Miralax, but the goal behind that is to kind of lubricate the stool where I think you can just do that from, you know, good essential fatty acids or medium chain triglycerides like coconut oil or MCT oil. 
Yeah, and, and not to mention, too, when you consume fat like that, you know, whether it's butter or coconut oil or olive oil or, or avocados, you're, you're forcing the liver to release bile. And bile by itself is a wonderful laxative. Uh, in some ways, that's where, you know, that's where it really makes it easy. And that's why people that have gallbladder problems, uh, they might be constipated before they get their gallbladder out. They're really constipated after the gallbladder is removed uh, because that, you know, that bile surge is no longer there anymore. So... Uh, based on her, um, you know, based on her overall statement, Mary, you know, her, I'm sure her diet's probably, you know, fairly good supplementation, uh, you know, so she was able to kind of whittle it down to this one, one variable, but, you know, she kind of refers to it as being a deal breaker. I think there's a, uh, you know, if her, if her lifestyle is that good, you know, some of those dietary things are not there, not too much coffee, not too much alcohol. There's not a lot of pressure on her liver. Then, you know, she should be able to remedy that with a couple of things we've already said. No, I think that's a a great thing because a lot of, you know, like you said, estrogen is, um, like I said, it's the best hormone in the world. So we wouldn't want to necessarily take that away and then lose some of the benefit. So at the same time, like you said, finding some healthy tips and some ways around it. um, And we have, you know, lots of women that are constipated that are still menstruating. So, you know, you can't take their, you know, you can't take their estrogen away from them because they're actually making it. So there's, there's lots of little tips and ways. And, and I'm, and I really appreciate Mary sending that question out because sometimes I think we see a lot of these symptoms all the time, but like when, when we got the question, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Right. But we, you know, we don't put it together to talk about it on a podcast. Well, we take it for granted sometimes Mm -hmm. because we're always dealing with these kind of challenges, but yet this is something that probably millions and millions of women are dealing with at least hundreds of thousands. You know, how many women that we talk with in our, you know, practice are having these kind of digestive issues. That's why when you go to the drugstore or the grocery store, there's two rows full of, you know, digestive relief products, whether it's on the upper end or the lower end or everything in between. They probably like two aisles, right? Yeah, two, yeah, two, like literally two aisles of products that help people with these kind of problems because you know they, you know, they do come up and they're very, very, very common. Um, but this one was interesting just because it was a little ironic. Usually, I would expect someone's constipation to improve with the hormones. In this case, it actually got a little worse. Uh, so, uh, vitamin C can be used uh, a lot of times to what they call bowel tolerance. If you take enough of it, it's going to cause some loose stool. Uh, and then, of course, the magnesium is something that we use quite often. And you can't really take too much, but you have to make sure you take enough. Um, taking one or two capsules might not necessarily be enough. Uh, if you're looking for a milligram amount, probably, what would you say? Probably between four to 800 milligrams. When working with women, it, it's all over the board. Everybody has to have their personal dose. Like there's some women, 150 milligrams of magnesium citrate does the trick. Other women, a thousand milligrams of magnesium does the trick. I usually end up for me personally, myself, I usually end up going between anywhere between 400 to 800, of course, depending on how much water I drank and you know, how much fibrous foods I've eaten. And if I've gone for an exercise or walk. So, you know, everybody, everybody's kind of a little bit different. And on a side note on that, of course, when we go traveling, us ladies will always say I'm constipated, you know, you can never be constipated, but you go on vacation and you get constipated because that's really common. Then I always say, well, you know, you, you increase up your magnesium a little bit more, you know, by another 150 or even 300 milligrams. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, like I say, um, a milligram, ca- a, a capsule of magnesium is usually going to be anywhere between 50 to 200 milligrams, you know, at, at the most 100 to 150 seems to be more average. So I usually just tell them to do it by the capsule, not even really shoot for a you know, if you start with two and if it doesn't work, then take the next night, then take three. And if that doesn't work, then take four. And if that doesn't work, then take five. Usually women, you know, capsule wise are going to be between somewhere between two to four capsules, you know, which would put them between what, 
uh, you know, uh, 300 to 600 milligrams, but I like your range a little bit better. The four to 800, it seems a little bit more, uh, a little bit more appropriate. Yeah. And, and, you know, the magnesium doesn't cause as much cramping as the vitamin C. So a lot of women will say, I can't take that much vitamin C because it causes a lot of cramping or I'm, you know, up at two 30 in the morning with cramps. Same thing with the cascara and the senna. Some women are really sensitive to that, that it just causes too much cramping or aloe, which I love to use, um, you know, um, aloe root with some, you know, with patients, but sometimes for some of them, it's just too stimulating, just like fiber, you know, they take fiber and they're just bloated and then they don't go to the bathroom. So everybody just needs to kind of find what works for them because everybody's so different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, I know the, the one aloe uh, product that we use, there's like two dosages. The, the higher dose, the 450 is usually way too strong. It's the holy moly dose. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's it's the one that, that <laughs> when you, go. Excuse me. <clears throat> That's the one that you use for a really significant problem. You don't want to just give that to anybody because they're going to have a real, you know. But then in some women with really, you know, tenacious constipation, it's like a miracle. So ev- everyone's so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of tread lightly. You kind of experiment a little bit, you know, be a little cautious, be a little conservative. But then eventually you find the, you know, the uh, the amounts that actually work. And, and then it's then it's relatively effortless. Then things are just moving the conveyor belt is uh, is moving like it's supposed to. There's no you know straining. There's no pushing. There's no you know uh, it's not difficult in any way. It's more more normal the way that it should be on a day to day basis. Uh, so. Um, uh, do you have anything else to add? I think we uh, I think we covered this one pretty well. Nope, I think this was really great. And thank you, everybody, for um, reaching out and sending questions. We might not get to all of them, but we certainly do try. Yeah, and if you're looking for some, uh, if you're looking for some help, uh, like I said, like like you just said, we can't answer all the questions, but uh, you know, we do like compliments. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can send us an email at help at progressurehealth.com if you want to keep it somewhat private. We will obviously, usually, in almost every case, change your name. Uh, we try not to use anything too identifying at all. Identifying, it's not really about that. It's just about using your your situation to help as many people as possible. Because if you're having that problem, more than likely there's you know thousands and thousands of other people are having pretty much exactly the same problem or at least some variation of that, which is why we, you know, like you said, we just take this uh, kind of a question. We kind of take it for granted. Um, but, but now we turn this uh, simple, you know, question uh, into a podcast and now, you know, we leverage that and a lot of people can benefit from it. So uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.